Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 104 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I'm your host, Colin Colhoven, joined, as always, by Slugger JD, the man who records from anywhere. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing great. Noodle arms, Colin. Noodle arms? How did I get that moniker? I don't understand <laughs> what that alludes to. Oh, is that my bench, my bench press? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh dude it's so for the audience colin reached out to me and daryl and he was like um barely putting up 80 pounds on the bench press sorry to dime you i like that i don't care they all but but no uh i felt like you know you never get a fun nickname i wanted to throw it back to you so i think where that comes from i think that's totally fair because i was so surprised i was telling daryl this earlier in the week how i had worked out last week on Thursday night, I think, and did probably 20 minutes of weightlifting, like not much at all. And and I was sore for three and a half days. <laughs> and it was like such minimal stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, my upper body is I've, not strong. I've noticed uh, I, I'm not a big weightlifter, but like when we go on deployments, there's nothing else to do. So I join my buddies at the gym and we'll weightlift. And um, I'm the same way. Like I start and I'm on the lightest weights. These guys are putting up like. 60 to 80 pound like you know barbell i don't know movements or not barbell uh dumbbell dumbbell thank you yep uh and i'm sitting there like yeah i'm gonna start with the 20s and just get the technique down yeah um but i've noticed like if you're new to weightlifting you can progress up very quickly and then you kind of hit a wall like after like a month or two i'd be putting up what they started at like i'd be doing the 60s and 70s but then you stall out like very quickly and the progression becomes much slower. I could totally see that being the case. So, I've never progressed far enough to hit that, <laughs> hit that yeah. wall because I just I'm so focused on cardio that I I've neglected weightlifting for a long time. But you know who hasn't neglected weightlifting for a long time? I saw this man in a wife beater the other day. Insane. We're joined. We're joined by <laughs> Daryl Fuimano. How are you doing this evening, sir? Not bad. You know, I'm I'm happy to be here with you guys. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this this topic, weightlifting, because I was quite proud that you put 80 pounds up there. You, you didn't sugarcoat it. You put 80 pounds on the bench, yep. which is light, but, you know, it's going to be progress, man. You know, from there, you're just going to keep adding more weight, more weight, more weight. Yeah, absolutely. It does me no good to inflate my numbers. Right. Like, I'm not trying to, like, come out here and be saying I'm benching more than I am. I have, no, I have no shame in that. I'm starting at the bottom floor, guys. I'm trying to work my way up. Yeah. I think for just starting, 80 is pretty good. Because what? The bar is 45. 45. So, and then um, I did 15 on each side. Yeah. Like, yeah. once you throw on those big 25 pound plates, you're going to feel like a king. Oh, my God. The first, Yeah. When you get you're, to finally grab those off the rack, <laughs> give it a couple of weeks. You'll be there. It'll happen faster than you think. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it very much. Continuing my journey through the through the exercise and health phase, I guess. I got to just keep up the running, though. That's the thing. I don't want to just trade one for the other. You got to do, ideally, it's like three days of running, two days of weightlifting. Would be amazing. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Does your gym have, like, guest passes? Because, man, I don't know anybody that weightlifts, so that would be cool to, like, go to the gym with you one day. I really need to ask, actually, if they do. I'm sure that they they probably have some sort of method for that. It's and I'm not trying to brag about it. It's kind of a higher end like health club thing. My parents paid for it as a gift for the first 3 months. So, don't think that I <laughs> went out of pocket for it. It was a very generous gift from them. But I'll ask Daryl. That'd be fun. We should do that. I also I'm telling yeah, you man, yeah. I'm offering we can go run. I'm down to run. 
Um, <laughs> it's going to require a little bit more work. Oh, okay, we'll do this. You bring me to the gym to weightlift, and then I'll go running with you. Yeah, How does that sound? I think that's a fair trade. We do one, one day in your world, one day in mine, in the running world. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Oh, you're going to be in it. It's going to be good. <laughs> running uphill, sweating, no music. Just rocking it. Just I was going to say, it. you got to watch out for this weirdo with no music. I'm the no music, You're no drive yourself guy. insane. I'm blind. And That's I'm... me. <laughs> yeah, you don't do music either, right? I, I don't. It, I, oh, I just find crazy. it to be a huge distraction for me. Exactly. I physically cannot run if I don't have music. That's amazing. <laughs> like, that's not true. I can obviously run, but I feel like my performance just takes a huge hit. I just like to think of the fact that you literally could not run. Like, yeah, you know, it just doesn't some, happen. <laughs> your body will not work until there's music playing, and then all of a sudden your legs go crazy. <laughs> Got a little battery pack. Out there looking like Quop. The oh, my game. God. Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for joining me this fine evening to talk about trophies. This is episode 104, as we said. This is a What We've Been Playing episode. Exciting because we haven't had a chance to really dive into some of the games we've been playing in a long time, given how the beginning of the year, as we've noted, was a little bit out of sync in terms of schedules, and we were doing different things and having different styles of episodes. So welcome, one and all, to the show. No housekeeping really for you today, other than to say that we have begun the raffle contest slash celebration we're getting some really great platinums already which is amazing and some good turnout so i'm pretty excited and real quick i remember pat posted in the discord you know i think he's he think he said something to the effect of we're going to be done really quick with this thing potentially in like two or three months even and that is totally okay this this competition was not designed to take up a full year so if we're going quick we're going quick that's just what it is but something tells me Trophy hunting comes in waves. There's going to be periods where people are posting a lot of stuff, and then people are going to get into some hard, grindier games, slow down a little bit. It's going to ebb and flow, so I'm not too worried about it. Anything you guys want to add as far as the raffle competition? Hmm. I think... Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll take a bit longer to get to 250 than they realize. How long was our last race? The last one was nine months. Yeah, I for, didn't. we only ended up around... Six or seven hundred total plats across the whole community. Maybe there's more people participating in this one because we just left it open. There was no registration. It's just, hey, post your plats in here. So, right. Maybe that's why it feels like it's going faster. But it's uh, also I mean, the rarity I'm... thing too, where you're not necessarily trying to get points, the more points from from getting rarer games necessarily. Yeah. So some of them are just going to go quicker naturally. But that's okay. That's, that's all right. The idea is to give stuff away to the community. So if it happens quicker, great. <laughs> you know it's not the yeah. end of the world that gives us more time for new games in the future as well new, games. new like community events that's right get getting ready for it and i just self bleeped myself that was amazing very good last thing i want to say about the housekeeping bit here at the top i said no housekeeping then i have two items of course we started our draft the other day or we we did our draft for our fantasy league i just wanted to say pretty happy with my squad Pretty damn happy with my team. Getting stellar, uh, stellar Blade, Blacksmith Wukong. I mean, Dragon's Dogma 2. That 1-2-3 punch right there. Boom. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's fucking money right there. EDF 6. Oof. What do you think, Slugger? You're going to lose, right? You're feeling good? Um, I'm feeling okay. In the original draft position or whatever, the, the original draft order... I was number two, so I'm like, I'm going to get Rebirth. 
and rebirth alone will just carry me to the end and um yeah i that changed and i drafted like fifth or sixth i only got a couple triple a games and i I leaned heavily into the indies i think yeah um you did actually i think you had some surprising ones i had not heard of so definitely yeah baby steps that quack quap like game rift of the necro dancer i think will do well pacific drive i think will be good we'll figure out what that score is next or later this month when it comes out the life is strange developers uh they got their new game coming out that was giving me like stranger things vibes i'm feeling pretty good my heavy hitters are Sinua's uh saga hellblade 2 right and microsoft flight sim 2024 which i think will be i think that'll review very well and i should be safe with that game releasing this year because it's got 2024 in the title so yeah i think you'll be all right we we both have games i think that are with the exception of maybe one of mine definitely coming out this year there there's not a risk of them being delayed and us getting zero points for them so far yeah i think the the exception to me is maybe silent hill 2 remake but i am really confident that this is the year that it's coming out i yeah i am too i think what will happen is everyone's feeling very confident about their first 10, but I think it's going to be the second 10 that will kind of determine, well, obviously, you know, the next 10 are going to determine where people place, but people are going to have to get smart with what they're bidding on and how much money they're spending on games and where they choose to allocate their bids. I agree. I know. First bidding season coming up here. I won't bore the fans too much with it or the listeners too much with it because I guess not, you know, obviously not everyone is playing in this league, but it's exciting. And I've never participated in a sports league before and doing these kind of drafts. So getting even to do that piece of it was pretty fun, I must admit. Daryl, we'll have to get you in next time on one of these, all right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I really did not, like, read into it. I knew it was going down, but I really ran out of time to really look into the rules and what was going down. So we'll, we'll see for next time. But I, I know how exciting it gets, especially when you're playing with people you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was always like the fun part of fantasy, at least for me when I play fantasy basketball. That I always found it fun to play with people I know. Hell yeah! And right now, Jaboy projected third, Slugger projected fourth. So just keep that in mind. All right, when you're talking <laughs> about game recommendations later in the show, <laughs> you, you know who you can listen to, folks. Come yeah. on, come on. You know okay. who you know who's got the spice. It's Jaboy. Okay. Very good. <laughs> All right, Daryl, you pulled, as you have the last few episodes, some Platinums posted in our Discord that we wanted to shout out. I'm going to let you go ahead and read us through those. However, I do have the Platinum percentage for you. So if you want to pause briefly after you name the title of the Platinum, I will give you the percent, and then you can keep going. All right. Uh, so first, we got Toxic uh, coming in with the Hogwarts Legacy Platinum called Trophy Triumph. And that sits at a 23.14% on PSNP for the PS5. Uh, second, we got the Sly G. Cooper coming in with Guilt with the Guilt Platinum. A recommendation from you. Fantastic stuff there. This sits at a 37.58% yeah. on PSNP for the PS5 version. Third, we got B on the T with the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart Masters of the Multiverse Platinum. Ooh, Masters of the Multiverse. Here's a little. Here's a th- problem, guys. I looked up the wrong game here. <laughs> uh, hold, please. Masters. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm so you stupid. I looked up just Rift Apart for some reason. I defaulted to the newest. I just assumed it was that one. No, that's it. Rift Apart. 
Oh wait, that's the oh, name Masters of the, of the, the Oh my gosh, Jesus Christ, guys! Fifty-eight point seven eight percent on PSMP for this game. PS5 version. Calling yourself course. a trophy hunter. <sighs> Sorry, guys. What is going on here? <laughs> I'm having coffee. I'll wake up. Don't worry. Next, we got Lorenzo Lame with the Deadly Premonition, the Director's Cut Platinum called. Deadly Premonition, the Director's Cut Platinum Trophy. I'm not lying. That's the actual name for the Platinum Trophy. I mean, just a goaded title. There's a subdescriptor there. It says, Zach, it's all over. Or, Zach, it's over. All finished. It's time for you to leave town. Are you ready to go? That's the trophy description. Sits at a 12.03% on PSNP. This is a PS3 game as well. And last, we got the Green Gorilla Gamer. With the Rubber Bandits Platinum called Platinum Robber. This guy sits at a 9.63% on PSMP for the PlayStation 4. Right on, man. Some good picks there, Daryl. I must say. Some deep cuts. You know, I love the Deadly Premonition call-out. Because I've been low-key obsessed with this game. Because it's supposed to just be so terrible that it's great. One of those. And it's an older survival horror game. Back from the PS3 and I actually have it on uh, Xbox right now. I've been looking forward to playing this game at some point over there. I purchased it, obviously not on Game Pass, but uh, I did buy it for like $7 at one point. Really looking forward to that one. Otherwise, it's good to see the Guilt Platinum from Sly G. Cooper there. That's a good call out from you as a, as a fun game to play. I think someone else was talking about that in the Discord the other day that they were checking it out, but I can't recall who. And then, of course, Hogwarts Legacy, Ratchet & Clank, big hitters. Coming in with those. Rubber Bandits, I've never heard of before. Have you guys heard of this game, Slugger? Have you heard of this game? Yeah. Okay. I, no. I, I kept thinking of Bouncy Bullets for some reason. I don't know why my mind went to that game. But it's definitely not. This is not a rat plat. <laughs> it's a, mu- a much lower percentage. So some good stuff there. But uh, yeah, Daryl, what are your thoughts on some of these titles and why you picked them? Yeah, so uh, just to shout out a few. So the Guild Platinum, you know, I had to shout that out. That was a game I played as well. Um, talked about on this show, discussed the trophy list. It was really cool to see uh, Sly G. Cooper play this game. So right away when I saw his Platinum post, I asked him like what his thoughts were. And I was happy to hear he enjoyed the game. I was a little worried. You know, I thought he was going to absolutely shit on the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, he enjoyed <laughs> it. I'm good. You know, I think I'm one for one at the moment. You are, right. Yeah, you, we, cool we are all at see. risk of becoming another slugger. We have to be very careful what we recommend. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes Seriously, it man. only takes one bad recommendation for it just to be tarnished, you know, and that's yeah. not fair, but that's how it works. I, I feel like I've recommended like three good games. I, I don't even remember recommending Inscription, but someone in the Discord keeps saying, oh, Daryl, I'm so glad you said check out inscription it's such a great game i was like honestly i don't even remember you know recommending it but i will take it i will take it yeah i think you just Uh, talked about it heavily on the show i think so too yeah because that was where i kind of learned more about the game it was always on my radar but i really i remembered you had a pretty good segment on your experience with the game and it definitely intrigued me even more to want to play it yes Yes, most definitely. I remember cool. you posted yeah. some little meme or whatever, Slugger, that was like you recommending Returnal and people being like, I don't know. And then me recommending it and people were like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. Uh, but Guild, Guild's a cool platinum to, to call out. The Deadly Premonition is one I just put on the list because of the trophy title. Like, that was the only reason I put it up there. There was <laughs> nothing I knew about the game. I just felt like that was a... 
very peculiar trophy title. I'm sure there's many out there like this, but I just decided to throw it in there for shits and giggles. And uh, Rubber Bandits, you know, so I'm trying to put compile a list together of like games that, like Colin just said, he had never heard about. So try to try to give some of these games a little a little uh, shout out, you know, every now and then. Absolutely, man. And just real quick, Slugger, before we get your thoughts on some of these, let me just pitch you one of these trophy descriptions, okay, from Deadly Premonition. I already gave you one for the Platinum, but they get better, all right? They, they are one of the, it's one of those games that has like a paragraph of text. Here's an example for you. Here's a bronze called Incomplete Treasure. Here's how you get the trophy. Michael says he had lost a most precious object while he was at the diner. Find it and give it back to him. He's at home between 2100 and 2230. Talk to him when Harry isn't there. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this game? That's so weird. Anyway, what do you think? It tells, <laughs> you, you, want to I mean, it tells you what to do. It, it's very uh, descriptive. It's true. <laughs> no, I, this is, a, I think, a great plat shout-out segment. A lot of, There's good variety on here. There's, I mean, you got your AAA Hogwarts. You got the like cult hits, deadly premonition, these cool indies. Mm-hmm. Um, so great list all around. I'm going to jump on the deadly premonition train. I've never played it, but that's one of those games that's always intrigued me because I've heard it's kind of like twin peaks, like style game where you're going around this, like, I don't know, rainy Northwestern type small town foresty village. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and there's just weird shit happening everywhere. I know it's kind of janky and not, I don't know, not very good, but I've always heard good things about it. And I actually think there's a Switch exclusive sequel. There is. I could be wrong on that. You are correct. I've watched a speedrun for it. It is very weird. <laughs> but yeah, there is a sequel for it on Switch. Yeah, so I would love to get to that game. I actually own it on PS3. I still got my PS3. It's just not hooked up. Uh, maybe someday I'll get to it. I'll have to look up a guide and see what I'd be getting myself into. I, I, there's something appealing to me about picking one month out of the year and just making it about retro gaming yeah, and playing older stuff. It doesn't have to be a month, but picking some sort of time frame out of the year to dedicate towards retro gaming. That would be really cool. I wanted to also shout out that Lorenzo is on the recent players list there as having gotten the 100%. So there's not a whole lot of activity on this game. Like there's one of the people on the recent player list was even from three weeks ago. So get to it, people. Get back to it and check it out. There's 60 trophies in this game. One gold, six silvers, and 52 bronzes. <laughs> yeah, quick look at the guide. It says 3 out of 10, difficulty, one playthrough, 40 hours. Doesn't look like there's any missables or anything, so maybe that would be a good time. I think it'd be kind of fun, and I've talked about playing it on Xbox, so that'd be cool to if we both checked it out, maybe give our thoughts on it at some point. Very nice. Hell well, yeah. Well, thank you, Daryl. Appreciate that, sir. Of course. From there, boys, let's go ahead and get into our Patreon shoutouts. This is a big and special thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast, where you can find various tiers of support. It, of course, really means a lot. helps contribute towards the competitions and the races and the raffles that we do in the Discord and for the community. So we really couldn't do it without you guys. You guys are awesome. So thank you so, so much to Pat the Trophy Hunter, the Portland Kevin, Maximum Carnage, the Sly G. Cooper, King K6969, Against Me 75, B Down, Diego Juan, First Mage, Zachary, Buff Cupcake, and Skrillis. Thank you all so, so much for your support of the show. 
we've got some questions, boys. Three of them, to be exact, to get into. The first one that we're going to talk about is actually one that we just barely missed with the cutoff from the last episode that we recorded. So if you'll notice in the show questions channel, I put like potential recording dates in there. I think I should just continue to do that so that people have a better idea of when we're going to record so their questions don't get cut off. So I'm sorry about that, Kevin. But let's get to it now. So he asks, are there any mobile games that you play regularly? I used to be really into Pokemon Go up until they reserved, or sorry, reversed some of the changes they made during the pandemic, and now I'm really into Marvel Snap. Mobile gaming is something we don't really talk about a lot. There was a period of time when Sony was reporting to be getting very into that space, and they had purchased a studio whose name I'm blanking on at this point, but there was some movement there, and Sony was going to try to move into that space, and I was intrigued by by the idea of doing mobile games and potentially earning trophies from them. That obviously didn't come to fruition, so yeah, mobile gaming is just something that I don't really even consider as an option in part of my gaming, I must admit. But I'll have more to say in a little bit. I'm curious to toss it over to you, Daryl. What do you think about mobile gaming? And what about Pokemon Go specifically? I don't know if I've ever asked you if you got into that when it first came out. Uh, To be honest, I don't really pay much attention to mobile games. And that's nothing against them. It's just, you know, I, I like to focus on, like, one thing. And, like, when it comes to gaming, I just, like, prefer to be on my console. So mobile games is really tough for me to get into because I'm, I'm sure there's a ton out there. You know, I really don't know what to go into when it comes to mobile games. I'm just, I find it very tough for me to try to play a game on my phone because, like, whenever I'm on my phone, I just tend to do other things. Like, I'm always on YouTube. Uh, just like on the internet, I just find it really tough for me to try to play any type of game on my phone. And that was kind of the reason why, you know, the, um, what is that device you can hook up your phone to and play remote? It, it was back- like the other option. The go ahead. Backbone? Oh, the backbone. There you go. That's it. So that was like one of like the main cons on the, uh, the portal, which I got was like, well, why would I play for $200 for the portal when I can just get the backbone? And I saw that whole argument. But again, I was just like, I can't really see me playing on my phone because I'm using it for other things. But before I get too away, Pokemon Go, I tried it out. I I, I think it only lasted like a week and um, just never really picked it up. And I, I find it funny that one of my coworkers who's like almost 60 is like super into Pokemon Go. He's like, yeah, I walk around my, my neighborhood and I play Pokemon Go. I'm like, dude, that's so cool. I'm, I'm glad you are like into gaming. Wait, who but the fuck is this? For the- Someone who's 60? Does it? Wait, who's this? <laughs> would, I, would I know this person? It yeah, it's the guy that keeps giving you salsa, man. No way, boss. I knew I liked that guy. Yeah, I, I, I knew I liked this guy, dude. All right, very good. <laughs> Uh, but Pokemon Go, cool thing. I, I don't know what sort of changes were made um, that the Portland Kevin is talking about. It seemed like there were some big changes for him to reverse like, or to not play that game anymore. But the Marvel Snap I have seen on like ads and stuff while I'm on YouTube, it seems pretty cool. But um, yeah, at least for me, mobile games aren't really like my thing. Sure. I, I feel the same. Like I said, I, I, it's just... I'm right there with you that if I'm going to be gaming, a traditional style gaming interface is what I'm looking for. A controller in my hand, a TV or a monitor, headphones for me is synonymous with gaming, and just sitting in front of something and enjoying the experience. 
Having said that, though, I did get really into Pokemon Go for about two years. And I'm assuming the changes that Kevin is talking about are probably related to XP values and frequency of spawns and items that were given to you from Pokestops. These kind of things that when the pandemic hit and people were stuck inside more, they altered and gave you gifts and things like that so that the game became playable when you couldn't go out and about. But for me, the thing I always loved the most about Pogo was just the, the Pokédex piece. I never really got into the raiding or trying to, you know, level up my Pokemon per se. I did have a really strong Dragonite, which I was hyped about, that I put a lot of time into. But it was really about trying to collect that initial 150 Pokemon for me. Of course, they had the regional thing where Kangaskhan was only available in Australia. I think it was. And there was certain other ones that I'm blanking on now. But there was, oh, Mr. Mime was in the EU. Taurus was in, like, Brazil or South America. Or maybe we had Taurus. There was another one in South America that I can't remember. But regardless, it was tough to do, of course. And that was really the only mobile game that ever captured my attention for any length of time. I just stopped because it was really hard on my battery, and I just kind of got over the new Pokemon they kept adding. It became less of a thing for me of nostalgia. I didn't recognize the Pokemon in the game anymore, so I just didn't care. But the other one that I briefly flirted with, I guess, would be Hearthstone. Uh, but mostly that was just because I was really into Hearthstone for, I don't know, six or eight months and was really obsessed with playing it. And when I wasn't able to be on my PC, I would do a game or two on my phone. That's pretty much it. Slugger, what about you for mobile gaming? Pokemon Go? Any interest in that? What team were you if you did play Pogo? I was Mystic, the blue team. Mm, I'm trying to think. I think I was the yellow team. Okay. I don't know what they were called. Valor? Is that I think, right? I think it was Valor. Yeah. I guess to start with the Pokemon Go, I I was similar to Daryl. I played pretty heavily early on in the game. And then I realized I don't <laughs> I'm not like in a city and like there's not a lot of walking opportunities. And we didn't like. I don't want to say we didn't go out, but like, I don't know, maybe it's because we're more rural. It's like, oh, I have to like force myself to drive to the city to walk around downtown to hit pokey stops or like stop in parking lots and it's like this isn't fun mm -hmm. um and i couldn't do anything around my local area so i played pretty heavily caught the same five pokemon around like my local neighborhood when we would uh go on walks and stuff and i realized there's no other different types of pokemon spawning here i just keep ending up with like caterpies and ratataz <laughs> and like the occasional cool pokemon which is very rare and uh, I eventually ran out of Pokeballs and it was like, hey, go to a Pokestop to, uh, you know, get some more Pokeballs. And I like pull up the map and it's like, oh, the nearest one is like two or three miles away. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not driving over there. <laughs> yeah, I ended up putting uh, money into the game, I must admit. And mostly it was to buy incubators for the eggs. And then it was I would buy like 200 Pokeballs at a time because mm -hmm. it was the best deal. And it was just like, OK, well, I need these. Although I did have plenty of stops near my house, and I was lucky in that regard. When the game came out, I was working at the local junior college, and there was probably like seven Pokestops at that school, if not more. It was crazy. So even on my lunch break, walking around or just sitting at my desk, I could sometimes ping a Pokestop. And then there was this route around this little lake by my house that had two gyms. It had probably six to eight Pokestops and also was about a three-mile loop for hatching eggs. So you would just go walk it a couple times. And it was super fun. But I was kind of lucky. I know for the rural experience was a bit different for folks and way yeah. harder. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they made changes to it to where it's better for like rural players, but I did re-download it at one point after my daughter was born, and I remember booting it up when we went to the zoo because mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna we're gonna walk around. I'm gonna like hatch an egg while we're here," and um, it was dope. The zoo like experience was like built into the like all the Pokestops are at all the different exhibits. It's like right. oh, at the lion exhibit, like here's a Pokestop, and uh, the playground there's a Pokestop. So my wife actually got annoyed with me because I'm just walking around like, oh, we got to go over there. Got to go collect my items. Like, got to do this. Got to do that. But yeah, that's I'm kind of past that now. Uh, mobile gaming comes and goes and waves for me. There's I don't know. I can't like pin down a point when it happens. But every now and then I'll sink really heavily into a mobile game if the right one catches me. Uh, I've, I used to be big into like the guy. I don't know how to pronounce it. Gotcha or gotcha games. Oh, sure. Um, where it's like, hey, you got to build up a team and there's 300 characters in the game and you're rolling, you know, you're playing against the RNG gods, hoping you get a five star character on like a basic treasure box, which never happens. I gave those up and I've leaned more into like complete experiences. So the one I've actually been kind of hooked on the last two or three weeks is on Apple Arcade. It's called Japanese Rural Life Adventure. Not a very great title, but I watched a little trailer. I was bored over a long weekend. I was like, you know what? I'll check this out. It's super dope. It reminds me of like a very casual Stardew Valley. Like you're this young kid and you're going up to like, you know, the Japanese rural like mountains into this little small town and he buys this little uh, house and the house is just a disaster. And the homeowner shows up that you're renting from and he's like, oh, here's all this shit I need you to like help fix and I'll, you know, I'll lower the rent for you if you do this. So you're like going out into the woods and collecting wood and rocks and using that stuff to make repairs on the house. And then once your house is complete, you like move down into the village and you find all these villagers that need help and you help improve the village. I don't know. I love that aspect of like improving a town or base or whatever you want to call it. And you can like visually see Mm. the improvements you're making i love that stuff yeah um, very animal crossing esque or Harvest yeah Moon. yeah very much like animal crossing so i've been having a blast with that i did also want to shout out to my other favorite like mobile gaming series i know people don't like my recommendations but i promise you you won't go wrong with these the kingdom rush series which i believe started on congregate.com i don't know if you guys ever used that site back in the day but it was like a flash website these games are awesome awesome tower defense games i believe there's four of them now and then there's a couple spinoffs where they have like a space marine one and now their latest one is like junkyard wars or something but yeah the series is called kingdom rush if you like tower defense stuff it's easily the best tower defense game i've ever played and then i also like escape room type games i came across this one because i saw another streamer playing it and it's The entire series is called Rusty Lake. Each game kind of has a different title. But if you just go on your app store on your phone and type in Rusty Lake, they'll all pop up. Oh, yeah. But these are awesome, awesome, like escape room style games. Um, Very casual to like pick up and play. But the puzzles are pretty challenging. Most of them are fair and it feels like, you know, you got to put some brain bites to it to progress. But every there was a few that like stumped me where it's like, fuck, I got to look this up. But you're like piecing together this guy's memories and like 
there's like some mental hospital aspects at play and like a really dis, uh, dysfunctional family at play. There's this huge, like there's whole lore websites about this series. It's actually like pretty cool. There's a subreddit for it. Really awesome puzzle game. If you're into like escape room style stuff. So nice. those would be my recommendations. Those have been kind of my favorite over the last year or two that I've dove into. Highly recommend all three. <laughs> uh oh! Look, look. Uh-oh. I don't, I don't, I don't take recommendations lightly anymore. Ever since I got called out, I promise you. If you're a gaming fan, so I will say, Rusty Lake is a little jank on the surface, but if you can get past like the jank, like it's creepy, it's weird, and it's it's cool. It, it's a good time. I got my wife hooked on that, and she doesn't even like games, and she completed the series alongside me on her phone. So, no, oh, that's a pretty good endorsement. That's a pretty good endorsement. Very good, sir. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for the question. Much appreciated, sir. Next up, we have First Mage. He asks, on February 22nd, PSVR 2 turns one year old. Have you picked up one of these headsets or, or, or otherwise tried it out? If not, what could Sony announce that would get you reinterested? Well, this is a tough one for me. I must say, it's, I don't know, I seem such like a close-minded person here in the last few minutes just because i'm like oh i can't do mobile gaming i won't do mobile gaming i won't do vr gaming but like i said i really do feel for me and it could be an age thing potentially that that's what i grew up with is just traditional gaming but for me traditional gaming the interface with the console the controller everything about it is great i am not looking for a change in the medium in that way I'm not looking for my next great experience in gaming to come from a a different way of consuming that media. I'm looking for it in ways that the story can be told differently in the way it's presented in that media, in the way that the art style is, things like that, the mechanics, those kinds of things. So I have to admit PSVR 2, PSVR 1, neither one of them have ever really interested me in the slightest. I can, I can recognize and I can appreciate games like Astrobot Rescue Mission uh, Mouse, even Horizon Call of the Mountain. Obviously, the new Metro VR game looks pretty cool. Then there was that new sort of sword and sorcery style game that was shown at the showcases or at the state of play as well that looked really awesome. And I think that those are going to be great experiences. Obviously, Resident Evil 7 VR, 8 VR, Resident Evil 4 VR, these are all things that people unanimously have enjoyed in the VR community. And I did get into Beat Saber for a little bit. But at the end of the day, if I'm presented with the choice, I'm always going to go back to the controller and just traditional gaming. I'm not sure if there's anything that Sony could do from a game release standpoint that would really pull me back in that they haven't tried already. I mean, I mean, I say that I'm not entirely sure that's that's true, but right now I can't really think of anything. If Resident Evil games didn't do it, I'm not really sure what will. I don't, it doesn't feel like a, a shooter would seem like a natural place for VR, but I just, again, I don't really, I don't know. It doesn't have the same sort of vibe to it for me. So I'm not trying to shit on it too much. And I appreciate that some people are really into it. Some people really like it. I, I think that they should, they being Sony, should definitely do something more in the first party scene with PlayStation VR 2. There needs to be more marketing behind this. There needs to be more games behind this that aren't necessarily super long. Like design a one and a half, hour experience a two-hour experience charge less for it give it trophies but make it high quality for that time and maybe that is is the way forward there's part of it too where i just don't feel like wearing this headset for 40 hours sounds appealing even no matter how comfortable it is 
it, it's just not really what I'm looking for. Maybe that's me, but either way, I guess that's my initial thoughts on the question. Daryl, let me pass it to you. What do you think about PSVR 2 and what Sony could do? I mean, you're not alone, Colin. My answer is pretty much on par with like what I talked about with mobile games. VR is really just a medium I've never really considered as, as a gaming platform platform for me you know it's always kind of been something i was curious about but it's never been like a huge like oh i'm switching over the vr completely i'm just gonna enjoy this experience i've always been a console guy i believe i'm gonna die a console guy so psvr it's cool i'm glad there's like people out there that can appreciate this but at least for me you know it's like you're calling i'm just like I i like having the controller in my hand playing my game on my TV. I just love that experience because that's what I've always grown up with. And I'm not sure if PSVR can really do anything to really like get me out of that space. But I mean, just thinking of like possibilities, I'm thinking maybe even like a Call of Duty VR would be dope. Um, Forgive me if there's already a game out there that that's like Call of Duty has out there. But if they can pull that off, which I'm sure won't even come out anytime soon. We're talking about years away from, you know, this initial thought. But that would be totally cool. Um, I mean, that's not really going to tip the scales for me. I really want to see how it plays, how it functions and all that. But I think if they can really do that, eh, maybe might change my mind. But uh, until then, you know, I'm, I'm stuck with my controller. And it's just really unfortunate because, like, I really want to play Concrete Genie, and I know mm. it has VR trophies, and I just don't want to go out of my way to buy VR just for trophies. Like, you know, if I'm going to get it, I want to use it for other things. And besides Con- Concrete Genie, there's really been no other game I've really been interested in playing in the VR space. Yeah, I did play a game, I'm realizing now, on PlayStation 4 that was a VR potential game, which was the uh, Trover Saves the Universe game. And honestly, I could see how that would have worked in VR, but it was also perfectly playable not in VR, so I was totally fine to just do that, obviously. But yeah, you raised some good points, I think, about what what kind of games could maybe be appealing. Even maybe something like an RTS, a top-down strategy game like StarCraft, could be really fun. The problem there is the controller. Like, I don't really even understand how it interfaces with VR. Like, am I still using a controller plus the headset? I believe that's the case. Or are they different sort of controllers? I remember for the Quest 2, they had these weird little controllers that had like a plastic half circle around them. It was like an orb of detecting how your hands moved and things like that, which was pretty cool. But on the, v- on yeah. the VR 2, it's both. It's like, both. Okay. Some games you can play with the controllers. Some games you can play with the wands. They have that half moon thing. Actually, I think the PSVR 2 controllers are like a full moon. It's like a circle. And then some games let you kind of pick either or. Like I believe RE7 or like some of the RE games, you can choose to either just play with a controller where really all you're doing with your head is just having the ability to look around. Yeah. Or you can go like full like john wick style and use the wands and be freaking dual wielding pistols and knifing a dude with one hand while you're shooting a guy in the head with the other hand so i think it's at least with the psvr2 it you get both options okay yeah and obviously the tech on psvr2 i know is is impressive from a vr standpoint i was very satisfied with the quest 2's tech by the way like I, I thought that it worked well. It was very simple. It was intuitive. And again, I did play like probably 50 hours of Beat Saber in, in the Quest 2. 
But it just ultimately ended up sitting in the closet. And I would forget about it, and I was like, eh, I'm going to you know, go play PlayStation. I barely play my Switch and Xbox enough. So trying to add VR into the mix, it's too, it's too much, you know. I got to get these trophies. But anyway, what about you, Slugger? What are your thoughts on PSVR 2? I'm kind of where you guys are at. Maybe a little different view because I have the first PSVR. I, similar to you, I played it at a time when I first got it. I probably put 100 to 200 hours in it. But I agree, like long form experiences are like daunting. Uh, I remember being super stoked when Skyrim VR got announced and I went in and played for like an hour and I was like, yeah, no, this is like, this is cool, but I'm not doing this for 150 hours. <laughs> like, right. There's no way. Right. Um, like the initial like, oh, wow. Like, you know, the first scene of Skyrim where people are getting executed and the dragon flies over, like looking up to this realistic looking tower above you that's looks like it's actually standing over you a hundred feet and a dragon lands on it. Like it's an amazing experience, but like having that headset on your head for long play sessions just doesn't work well. It was always like a, I'm going to pop this on for an hour, do something quick, couple songs and beat saber. And then I'm, I'm over it. What I'm getting at is I barely use the PSVR that I have now. I actually almost bought a PSVR too, because all the features of the new one, uh caught my eye they have the eye tracking which is really cool they have the upgraded controllers which was my biggest complaint about the original psvr because the original psvr controllers were like the wands from the ps3 move or whatever they called it oh yeah i forgot so they were just like scrapping together this old tech to make vr work but those wands were like miserable controllers compared to like what vr controllers are now so i was excited about both those things and then I got to the store and I, I, was, I was sitting there looking at it and because I almost bought it back in June and I'm looking at it and I see the price tag $550 and I'm like, my PS5 is cheaper. I'm, I'm literally just buying a headset that will let me play what games again. And this is where I stopped and I pulled up Google and I started Googling like, or I actually went on the PlayStation app and I sorted by PSVR games. And I'm like, there's maybe three games on here I'm actually like interested in playing. Am I really going to drop $550 on less than a handful of games that actually seem like decent? I'm sure there's more now and maybe I didn't research enough, but I think the price is bad and too high. You know, maybe the price is fair, but I can't stomach spending $550 on it when I know I'm not going to use it as a main like console. Right. And then, yeah, just the I don't want to say quality of games, quantity of games. Um like Sony's put out the Horizon game. I don't know what other games they put out. I'm sure they have a few exclusives in there, but there's just really nothing calling my name. And yeah. a lot of stuff I see coming to VR is like, oh, this was actually a PSVR game and we just made it work on the PSVR too. So I, I get- don't know. I need, I need more games. I need Sony to show more uh, effort that they'll actually support this thing for the next three, four, five years. And they're not just going to let it die. And um, maybe I could see purchasing it. Sure. It could be one of those things where in three or four years at the end of the PS5's life cycle, if there ends up being more games at that point and the tech is way cheaper, like if the headset comes down to like 300 bucks and there's actually 20 games that you are interested in playing, maybe that's a compelling argument at that point. It is definitely too expensive for how little I would use it. That is a, yep. a, a, a good way to sum it up. If I got it, it would be, it's such a luxury item 
you know, it's like I'd rather upgrade my desk or uh, quite honestly, I'd rather get a Series X. Yeah, you know, or something, yeah, or something say. like that, or like a PlayStation Portal. Like, there's other periphery items that I should be more interested in than the VR two. And again, that's no shame at people. There's probably people that listen that, or in the Discord community that use VR and love it, and that's great. I encourage that if you're into it. I know Pat has used VR before, and uh, I think for Concrete Genie, if I recall. I hope that Sony doesn't do more of that. I don't want to. I don't want them to be like. Here's a Spider-Man 2 DLC. It's a VR tour of the city. And here's three trophies that you can only unlock with a headset that's $550. I'm going to be pissed if they start going that route. And I, I don't think they will because they've only done that with really one game, as far as I know, in Concrete Genie. Maybe there's a couple others. But it's a you know not a widespread, widespread practice. Excuse me. But good question, yeah, First did, Mage. Go I ahead, did want to jump in there. I think you just clarified it, but concrete, the VR mode and concrete genie was not like the full game in VR. It was just like a paint mode Mm -hmm. and it was a a big letdown because I was expecting to be like running around the city, like tagging the city and shit. (laughs) Yeah, let me look up Trover Saves the Universe real quick. I don't want to give people false information. I could have swore that there that was a PSVR that was originally a PSVR only game, and I think they actually patched it and made it flat screen that's correct um there was a couple games like that i have the persistence that i got the platinum on and that started as a vr only title and they patched it to where you could play it on the flat screen i think a lot of games did that just because like the market's so small if you're trying to sell to just vr users it makes sense to kind of have both modes if you can support it cool yeah i just just to confirm the dlc doesn't require the vr headset for trover as well so you can get the whole game, including the two DLC packs with that. It's weird that there's one trophy in the DLC pack one, one bronze, and then three bronzes in the second one. <laughs> Tons of bitches. All right, very good. Thank you, First Mage. Appreciate the question. Next up, we've got the Sly G. Cooper. He asks, which three dead franchises would you revive if given the opportunity, and why? Would you give them trophies? Why or why not? Taking a peek at the old games, huh? Bringing things back from the dead. I, I, I don't know if I have great answers for this. I have, I think, satisfactory ones, and I'm trying not to repeat myself too much over the years because we've been doing the show for a few years now, so I'm sure people have heard this name many times. But let's start maybe with one of the less so obvious choices for me, and that is Splinter Cell. Now, you could argue that Splinter Cell is still around, is still a relevant IP. I don't think that's necessarily true, considering the last game came out over 10 years ago. This is not new to us talking about it. People have long since been calling for the return of Splinter Cell, and it better not be fucking open world. That's all I'm going to say. I really enjoyed the first Splinter Cell. It was actually one of the first games that I got on my original Xbox. I remember being blown away by the ability to blend into the shadows and just use that to your advantage. I'd never played a game like that before, where you could be, from your view, in plain sight of a guard in in this area that you should be very open to being seen and attacked in a traditional older game. But in this game, it actually could recognize the gradient in light enough to make you invisible. And it depended how much noise you were making and what equipment you used. And did you have a silencer on your gun? And did you hide the body All of these things combined with the verticality and climbing pipes up the side of buildings or being in air ducts and things like that made the original Splinter Cell a really, really compelling experience. It was too difficult for me to beat when I was that young, but I played it a ton. 
And then fast forward to 2013, I picked up on a whim Splinter Cell Blacklist on the 360, and I remember absolutely loving that game. I wish I remember which achievements I still was missing from it, but I got close to the 1,000 gamer score in it, including probably putting about 50 hours in the Spy vs. Mercs uh, multiplayer mode. And that was a 2v2 mode that I did with one of my buddies from Halo, and we just got so into that in a ranked competitive sense, and it was a ton of fun. There's something charming about Splinter Cell that is really missing. I don't really know why it's taken it so long to come back. I mean, I I guess it must have something to do with the sales of the games. Maybe Blacklist didn't perform that well. There's also a co-op mode in, in Blacklist that was great. Not just PvP multiplayer, but like PvE as well with different missions and challenges. So, I don't know. Really, really compelling franchise for me, even just from those two entries alone that I would love to see make a comeback. So that's my first choice is Splinter Cell. And after that, I'm going to go to Time Splitters. This was another one where this game was what I was playing when I was younger instead of other shooters. A lot of people reference GoldenEye. I didn't have an N64. I didn't grow up playing GoldenEye. I didn't grow up playing Doom or Wolfenstein on PC. I didn't play games on PC except for RuneScape. My first shooter experience was Time Splitters 2 on the GameCube. From there, I then went over and played Halo on Xbox. Time Splitters is a really awesome game. I went back and played the first one later on in my life, and there's something really charming about these as well with the time travel aspect. There's an abstract story being told that really isn't important. The game is just saying, get out of the way of the story. Here's this thing you're going after. You're going to different dimensions and different time periods to grab this crystal to stop an alien attack and invasion. Shut up and don't ask any more than that. Fair enough by me. One of the things I loved about it was that each of the dimensions or time periods you went to, you had different attire, you had different guns, different sort of objectives. You could be in ancient Paris or like, you know, medieval Paris, and then you would fast forward to Tokyo in 2560. Then you would, you know, go back to a different alien planet and stuff and just made it a really fun, varied experience. Beating the games on hard was a, was a really fun time. All the unlockable characters and being able to play 16v16 bot matches on the GameCube in these massive spaces was just really so fun. And I really was obsessed with that game for a long time. I had the guidebook. Incredible stuff. Time Splitters, if you haven't checked it out, would recommend. I think there was a r- rumor that it was coming back from THQ Nordic, or mm-hmm. I, I might be, might be missing. Don't quote me on that. It, there was a rumor that it was coming back, though. I really hope it does. And last but not least, before I pass it over to you, Daryl, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. Now, this is not necessarily a franchise. It's one game from Silicon Knights, the same people that did Metal Gear Solid, The Twin Snakes, a now defunct studio. I don't know I don't know what else you can ask for in Survival Horror. It's got Lovecraftian themes, it's got ties to ancient sort of traditions and, and cultures and ancient Greek and Roman culture. It's got different protagonists with different stats. It's got the sanity system, it's, it just revolutionized that genre in so many ways. It doesn't get enough credit for what it did, and it's sad that it's gone now uh, and really trapped on that GameCube. And you can't really play it now without emulation. It just it deserves a port. It deserves a remaster of some kind. I would love it. There was three different gods or deities that you could sort of devote yourself to, and they gave you different glyphs and powers, and you could do different things in the map as you went through them, and it was just a really awesome experience so those are the three titles and then real quick on if i would give them trophies or not i would give all of these trophies absolutely eternal darkness is basically a resident evil style of game that you could do a very similar thing with with different endings 
different characters being used, different combat requirements, speed runs, no damage, you name it. You could do all that stuff to that game. Time splitters, absolutely. Mirrored off hard difficulty, collectibles, unlocking characters, multiplayer wins, easy. And Splinter Cell, the, the template's really already there. That's a new enough franchise. Make a list like you did for Blacklist. Those trophies slash achievements were awesome to go for and a ton of fun doing that game on ghost mode. So yeah, that's my choices. Daryl, I'll pass it over to you for your answers to his question. Yeah, so for me, uh, my first game's actually gonna be Siphon Filter. So Siphon Filter was a big game for me back on the PlayStation. Um, this was the Metal Gear Solid for me. You know, like, hey, you know, can I play Metal Gear Solid? Oh, well, we have Metal Gear Solid at home. And Cypher <laughs> Filter was that game for me. It was a great game. You know, I, I had a ton of fun with it. That was probably, like, one of the few games I remember where, like, there were some instances in a game where it's, like, there's some timed missions. And that's probably where, like, my whole, like, stigma for, like, uh, speed runs comes from. Because there's, like, this, a few missions where you have to, like, you know, defuse these bombs or else you're going to like the bombs are going to blow up and then that's it for the mission. I'm sure that's where it all came from. It started with Siphon Filter, but I, I play the first two games and I never beat the second one because the last boss was pretty rough. And, you know, I, I would love for them to bring back that that whole franchise and what's kind of like hyping this up for me that they hope that I hope they bring it back is how. It, it potentially kind of ties in with uh, Days Gone. You know, Ooh. there's there's that whole talk about that and how the, the series is, is connected in some way. And, you know, that's always something that's really, like, been very hopeful for me is that they bring that game back, you know, to, to possibly tie those uh, those game, games together. We'll see. That's one that I hope they bring back. Uh, second for me is Onimusha from Capcom. Yes! So Onimusha was, like, my... Um, and I remember playing this with my cousins, and we played the first boss together. And it was cool to play that game together because we were we were hella scared trying to play that game <laughs> on our own solo. But like, I I liked the game enough to be like, you know what? Let me play this game on my own. And I had a ton of fun with that game. It's such a, a cool game to play. I never played any other game after that, which I kind of regret not being able to have the chance to do. But, uh, you know, if they bring that back, I would totally, uh, you know, take that opportunity to play that whole series. I really wanted to play the the one with the, the movie actor from The Professional. I thought that was a pretty cool crossover to have, like, an actual celebrity, you know, in a video game. Which, you know, back when that game came out, it was a rare moment in, like, video game history where, like, they were bringing actual celebrities into games. I can't really think of a game back then that did that. Nowadays, it's just like that's like the norm. You see, like people you know in video games, you're like, oh yeah, you know they do this all the time. But back then, it was like a rare occasion. And uh, for me, game number three is gonna be just like you calling. I think uh, Splinter Cell needs a revival. I grew up playing Hell that yeah. game. I played a good chunk of the Splinter Cell games. Um, I didn't play them in sequence. I think I played like part one, part two. I fell off, and then I picked up Conviction, which was the last Splinter, ga uh, Splinter game I ever played, which I was happy because I, I had not played any of the other games in between uh, after 2 and before Conviction, or uh, before Conviction. And Conviction just blew me away. I was like, man, this game is so good. Like, I really wasn't feeling like this whole, like, 
um, retirement from the agency. Like he's he's just a civilian now, but the game was still pretty damn good. I had a fun uh, fun time with it. Played on the Xbox, and um, yeah, man, I would love to play a, a Splinter Cell game in the near future. As, which one did as you? Far as trophies, <laughs> sorry, which title did you say that was? That Chaos Theory you said, or Pandora Tomorrow? Which one were you talking about? No, so the last one I played was Conviction. Oh, Conviction! Oh my gosh, it's not even on PSN profiles, so it must be. Yeah, sorry, I was just trying to look up the trophies for it. Yeah, I I played it on the Xbox uh, back uh, back then, so I'm sure there's probably. Uh, an achievement list you can pull up somewhere. Yeah, it just might be but, too old. Even that's the thing I'm looking at when it yeah. came out. So it came out in 2010. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, interesting. Quite quite a long time ago. Yeah, but cool game. Um, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I I'm just surprised that it, it's there hasn't been like a newer game since. You know, maybe there is. I kind of just seen a a, a a a highlight earlier on the net saying, oh yeah. Talks of a Splinter Cell remake, so you know it sounds like there's there's a talks of, of a game coming out in the near future from the Splinter Cell. But uh, for trophies, you know, I would just keep it very simple. You know, like these are these are games that are going to be revived. They they haven't seen the light of day for like the ten plus years since they've been out. So I would keep the trophy list very simple, especially for like. Older fans who are familiar with this game, I'm sure they're going to be very happy to play this game, uh, especially for newer people too. You know, yeah, you don't want to. It's turn good to get a, whole, a good mix, right? Exactly. You don't want to turn them away if the list is too hard. But I'm, I'm sure, depending on the list, I don't think that'll be a huge factor. But at least for me, keep the list simple. Hell yeah, man! I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Slugger, what about you with Splinter Cell, man? You can throw that one out there too. Let's get three for three. Come on now. I've never been a Splinter Cell dude. I'm sorry. God damn it, I've, dude. I've tried so many times. It just, the series has never clicked for me. That's fair. That's fair. But I also tried it when I was young and impatient. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't do slow stealth stuff. That wasn't me. But... Totally fair. <clears throat> Let's see. My games, Sly G. Cooper's going to love this one. My first one is Sly Cooper. The Thievius. The uh, Thievius Raccoonus. <laughs> No, I love that series. I Sly Cooper was, I think they were my first platinum. No, uh, Jack and Daxter was my my first platinum. But Sly Cooper was very quickly right behind Jack and Daxter. And I had only played one growing up. I after platinuming all three of them, I fell in love with that series. I'm like, damn, out of this Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank, like continuing on in the future, I was bummed it was. Ratchet and Clank, no offense. I love Ratchet and Clank as well, but I think Sly Cooper is so awesome. Great characters, fun uh, platforming, um, great artwork. I think those games, like the way they're designed or the art style, like they really haven't even, they still look good to this day. Like they've aged great is what I'm trying to get at. Just overall a great time. I played... Uh, there's one on the Vita, the I guess Sly Cooper 4. I played it. I never got the platinum on it because my Vita shit the bed and I lost my save. And I haven't, I've been toying with the idea of going back to it soon and finally knocking out that platinum, but that's TBD. I would love to see that uh, series come back on the PS5. Probably won't happen though. I mean, it, it seems like it's like pulling teeth to get Sony to release some of these older games. Um, what else? Final Fantasy Tactics is going to be number two. 
Now, correct me if my if I'm wrong. I don't think we've had a new Final Fantasy Tactics since probably the PSP. Um, uh, okay, sorry, I don't mean to fact check you, dude. Not trying to do it live. I just want to know because I thought there was like a Tactics one that came out last year on PSN. Tactics there was Ogre Tactics Reboot. Ogre. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. You're right. Sorry, sorry. Which I don't know what inspired what or which one came first. I want to say Tactics Ogre came first. I have no. Don't, clue. I will I mean, check for you. The fans are gonna freaking call me out on that, but no, they're not. Because I'm gonna give you, the, I'm gonna give you this hot knowledge right now. <laughs> Tactics Ogre released originally October sixth, nineteen ninety five. Okay, so keep that date in your mind. And then FF Tactics release date here was in nineteen ninety seven. So Tactics Ogre was first by two years. Okay. So yeah, the Final Fantasy Tactics that I personally really loved was the one on PSP, Final Fantasy Tactics, The War of the Lions. I believe if you own a Vita or a PS3, you can actually download a copy of this game and play it on the PS... Well, sorry, I'm not going to say PS3. You can download and play this on um, your Vita. It It's amazing. I mean, it's your standard kind of tactics style game, similar to Fire Emblem, uh, Advance Wars, any of those kind of like grid-style tactics games but throw a final fantasy skin on it throw all the awesome final fantasy classes on it final fantasy spells summons everything about final fantasy throw it into a grid style tactics game and that's what you get here it's so i think why it why latched so hard onto this game specifically at the time when i played it i've talked about playing games on deployment uh or talked about it earlier on the show i played this game through almost the entire course of like a four month deployment and sunk hundreds of hours into it. Uh, I had classes fully leveled up. I had, uh, cause each character could have so many like different jobs and then you can switch off jobs and level different jobs. Uh, so the gameplay was super fun. The leveling grind was a good time. Uh, kind of like that gameplay loop of going to a battle, come back out. Uh, I'm going to add these perks to this job. And then, um, the story in this one specifically, I don't know what the other Final Fantasy tactics are like, but the War of the Lions story, I would argue it's one of the best like Final Fantasy stories you could play. Very kind of like Final Fantasy 16, very like Game of Thrones-esque, uh, where it's like kingdoms versus kingdoms, and there's betrayals and backstabs and kingdoms being wiped out and your little band of like misfits are just trying to survive and figure out what the hell is going on and who's backstabbing who just overall a really great story. Highly recommend that one. If you got a Vita to check that out. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, again, love to see, it, uh, either a remake or a new entry to the series either or, but last but not least, um, golden sun in the same vein as final fantasy tactics. Have you guys ever played this? I hadn't heard of it until oh. the Sega trailer recently, right? Yeah, so Golden Sun 1 and 2 are coming. Or no, I think they're already on there. You can play them on Switch if you're like the an expansion pass Ah, uh, that's customer. what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. But those games were awesome. Those were kind of my first entry into like the RPG, RPG genre in general. And I remember checking out... I don't know if you guys were like this growing up, but I go to my buddy's house and I had a Game Boy and they had a Game Boy and everyone like you would just have Game Boy. Oh, that sounds weird. Like most of the time you're, you're a kid, you're hanging out with friends, you're playing outside. But like you'd have those days where it's like, ah, oh, it's cold and rainy. Like we're just 
gonna vibe and play video games oh my gosh yeah that was like 60 percent of my time probably yeah yeah and my buddy was like oh i got this this new game golden sun like do you want to try it and i was hooked i didn't want to do anything else the rest of the day i just sat in his house on his couch playing this game did he let you borrow it it or what i mean that's the problem when you have to leave i think i ended up going home and telling my parents like how badly i wanted it and they did end up like i got a copy for my birthday or something Ooh, um But these are really, really solid JRPGs. Same as Final Fantasy Tactics in the sense of like, it's a great story, great turn-based battles, cool magic abilities. Uh, The dungeons kind of remind me, like, remind me of Zelda in a way, where like, as you progress through the game, you're learning powers that you can learn in the overworld when you're not in battle. So I believe the first power you have is like a push, a push spell. Um, and you pick that up in the first dungeon and then you can like push large blocks or boulders out of the way, which open up new areas. Then as you go and progress later on in the story, or like if you go back, you can re-explore older dungeons or older parts of the the overworld and open up new areas and receive new summons, new abilities, stuff like that. Really, really awesome games. I would, again, highly recommend them if you have a Switch. And I would love to see those games come back as well. So you do that, right? And then you go play Deadly Premonition 2. We're putting it all together. Yeah. The Switch, yeah. this is what it's for, people. It's not for Mario. <laughs> it's not for other Zelda games. I don't want to hear about Tears of the Kingdom. Deadly Premonition 2 is what we want to hear. Okay. This is now a Nintendo podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My, my poor Switch hasn't been turned on all year from me. I think my wife has played it twice. Very good. Well, would you give them all trophies real quick? Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Uh, that's easy. Yes. <laughs> easy i would love to platinum them all <laughs> i wish every game on the planet had trophies oh me too me too although actually i don't really mean that because it would stress me out but i get your point <laughs> i get your point all right well thank you slide g cooper and thank you all for the questions we really appreciate it hopefully you guys enjoy the answer let's now get into what we have been playing it has been a little bit of time as we noted at the top of the show since we have gotten to speak about this topic Quite a few games probably in the rotation, but we're going to try to keep it relatively, relatively quick moving, you know, and just try to give you the deets that are important that you want to know about these games. I've been playing a few. I don't mind starting this week. I rarely start, I feel like, for these. Are you guys cool with that? Take it away. Let's yeah. go. All right. I've been playing two different Call of Duties because I'm a, I'm a Chad, all right? <laughs> and I'm also bench pressing 80 pounds. Who is this guy? Who is this guy, dude? Just kidding. Oh, man. I'm just such a bro a, right now. Typical so, COD, bro. Typical COD, bro. Drinking sugar-free Red Bull, lifting weights. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so the one of the ones I've been playing is Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Only a little brief thing to report on here, which is that, Slugger, you and I completed our realistic difficulty playthrough, earning us a silver trophy, an ultra-rare silver trophy as well, I might add, which is awesome. And I would just say that co-op, this experience is really not so bad. I also want to give a shout out to EDJ3DG because he played through probably the first 60% of the game with us on Realistic, which made it with three people, it was even more, I wouldn't say trivial, but more manageable. The key here is to have a really good class setup, which involves using a sniper that has a huge magazine and rapid fire, a thermal scope, and then you want to have one of your sort of perks be that you get one self-revive per loadout that you pick up and with that combination of things if you're all rocking it it's it's not too bad there's a couple missions that are definitely going to make you struggle but overall i just am so stoked that you can do this game multiplayer for these trophies if you had to do the single player it would be 
probably one of the rarest trophies. I would imagine it is harder than mine, Lieben, if you had to do that. Almost. I, th- I think it would be pretty damn tough because you die in like oh. half a bullet. <laughs> so, um, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a hot take, but when you've, when you've played it, like, trust me, it's, it's, it's no bueno. So I'm going to take a break on this game for a while. I think I've actually deleted it from my hard drive. I was sick of looking at it. I told Slugger that the other day. It had been on my hard drive forever. So I'm going to take a break from it and work on the other COD I've been playing for a while, which is Modern Warfare 3. I'm only missing three, or sorry, four trophies in the game to have the full 100%. And that 100% sits at less than half a percent on PSMP, so it's pretty darn rare. And really what it is is all of the Act 3 missions for zombies uh, I'm doing the slow grind to 50k. You need 50,000 kills for a silver trophy in this game. I'm at 11,000 kills after 20 hours of playing zombies. So, yeah, it um it could take you a long time if you go about it casually. There are definitely some strategies for farming kills that I encourage everyone to look up. And I should be much further along than I am. The only reason I'm not is because I'm just focusing on doing the story missions and just kind of letting the kills come naturally. My thinking was get through the story missions in zombies mode, get all the other trophies done except for the 50k, and then see what I have left and just grind at that point. So just keep that in mind. I mean, this is a, I can't recommend this game, I would say. I would say for Black Ops 3, if you don't have this list started, I do not recommend that you start it. The story is batshit crazy in Black Ops 3. We're joking about it all the time when we're playing. It just makes absolutely no sense. And there's an insane amount of DLC for this game for zombies. So unless you're really trying to have a presti- prestigious platinum and go for something really tough to challenge yourself, that this game would be good for that. But otherwise, I don't recommend Black Ops 3. I don't recommend Modern Warfare 3 from a trophy perspective either, unfortunately. I think it would be a little more doable if it had a platinum, but the fact that it's a DLC list as well for all this, not that that's lesser than necessarily, but it just doesn't feel as good to not earn a platinum after all that time. I did want to say that doing zombies in Modern Warfare 3 solo can be really tough as yep. well. I, I, I know Slugger experienced this, unfortunately, the other night. And if you don't exfil properly and you mess up, you lose a lot of your gear. And if you made a big gamble and took your best gear in with you, which you probably do most times, like, that sucks. You could, you could lose a lot of progress there. So keep that in mind. The campaign... I know I talked about it a few weeks ago on the show, like probably back in December, I think, when I first started it. It's better than people are saying, man. Don't don't let people tell you this is a 4 out of 10 game. Seriously, a 4 out of 10 would be... That game should be broken, right? That game should not work. This game is not good, but it's not a 4 out of 10. I mean, it's perfectly adequate for what Call of Duty is. It's no different than many of the other Call of Duties over the years have been, maybe with a bit more of a lackluster campaign. But quite honestly, like, it's serviceable. I'm not saying you should buy it, but like, don't buy it because IGN gave it, a, or don't not buy it because IGN gave it a four. Make your own opinion. Okay. Then I've also been playing Returnal a lot. This is a game that was recommended to me by quite a few people, and I'm glad that they did. I think that this game is pretty fucking cool. I have some serious gripes with the setup of the trophies in this game, but the game as a whole is hard not to love for someone like me. It's got a killer vibe, an amazing soundtrack that's very subtle, but I find myself now after like 20, 30 hours like thinking about some of the soundtracks sometimes. It's weird how that works. There's a a sort of Geiger-esque alien visual to the game. Geiger was one of the 
director or art directors and art artist conceptors who basically worked on the Alien franchise early on. And I'm blanking on his first name now. Someone's going to be mad at me for that. But either way, it's got that look to it. And it's got a really compelling world in the Alien world of Atropos that you're visiting. This game gives me heavy Metroid Prime vibes as well in a weird way. So if you're looking for that on the PlayStation ecosystem, this is maybe going to satisfy some of that in that there are Metroidvania elements where as you progress through the game, you get different power-ups that allow you to access side rooms, collectibles, power-ups, things like that in the earlier levels, which you're going to be revisiting as you go through the game. So that's that's pretty cool. I didn't expect to really encounter that as much as I did, but certainly in the core experience of playing through the game, of just when you pick it up till when you get to the end boss the first time in the sixth biome, it feels really much like a Metroidvania, and that's kind of cool. Let's see. I think... Real quickly, I'll touch on the story before I get into the trophy specifics. They're kind of hand-in-hand with where where I'm at right now with this game. I'm 32 hours in to this thing, and I beat the story in hour 20. Maybe let's call it 22, 23 to get the true ending. So I've got about 10 hours in of collectible cleanup so far, and I have three of the six biomes completed for for trophies. So I need to complete another... Or sorry, I have two of the six. So I have four biomes left to do, plus the DLC for this game. And if they're going to make me do another 15 hours of RNG for these collectibles, man, it's going to leave me in such a sour spot at the end of all this. The story is another piece that ties into what I think is mishandled in the game. There's some really cool things going on. I don't want to spoil it. It's it's very abstract. And I think maybe that's the biggest problem I have with it is that they're trying to be too cute with this story. It's a good idea. It's a really strong idea. And the, the the character is well-written in Celine. There's some really awesome lore and story stuff there, but they just can't tell you something definitively. I don't know what it is about the writing in this game and the way they present the story, but they just are so afraid of saying, this is what's happening in any instance in the game. There's ambiguity all over the place, which works if you get resolution at some point. You never get resolution in this game. The true ending left me just as confused as the non-true ending. Right, And I know that the DLC maybe expands on some of this stuff a little bit, and I'm excited to get to that. I'm, I'm truly excited to get to that. But it just would have been better if like, you just tell me your story. You want to talk about mental illness and depression and you know what it means to pass on a legacy and what's real and what isn't, and you have some Lovecraftian themes, that's cool, but just tell me it. I don't need to guess. At least not this much. So that's what I'll say about that. I think from from the other last bit about the game is that the story is, or sorry, the trophies are really cool other than the RNG stuff. The RNG element to collectibles is such a weird idea, and I know it's a roguelike game, so you're going to be going through this multiple times. It's designed around you not thinking about it. It's designed around you just playing it and loving the game for the sake of the mechanics, and the rest is going to come. And I, I kind of get that, but it, it is frustrating to have that be the last thing that you do is just grinding RNG elements and stuff. Otherwise, the trophies feel very cool. I think they're aptly named. I I like the number of the trophies in the game. It's a crisp 38, I believe, if you include the... Actually, let me... Let me me double-check that. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Let's see, let's see. Sorry. Yeah, there's uh, 8 golds, 6 silvers, and 23 bronzes for 38 trophies. Correct. So... Yeah, um, I, I think it's good. There's a there's some combat stuff in there. There's some 
some ways that the trophies make you interact with the systems in the game beyond the surface level, which is pretty fun. And the DLC trophies, it's about six hours that adds on to the game, and it's not RNG-based, which I think is great. So I recommend the game overall, but I do think that there's some serious flaws with it when you start to pick it apart. Um, it's a great concept. If there's a Returnal 2 or a, a building of this style of game from Housemark, I think it's going to be pretty fantastic. So, yeah, keep it up. The shooting feels great. Man, there's, again, lots to love about this game, but just also it doesn't, it doesn't stick the landing in a couple of the areas from a trophy perspective that would really seal the deal, I would say. So, yeah, that's what I got um, for what I've been playing. Sorry for the rambling, boys. Uh, let's pass it over to you, Daryl, for your tales of adventure. So I have been playing a lot, and I mean a lot. I, I think since the last time we were talking about what we've been playing, I actually had to count this time. You know, usually it was pretty quick for me to determine how many games I played, but I had to count. So that, that should tell you a little bit about how much I've been playing. To be exact, I've been I've played like nine games since the last time we did this episode. I'm not going to talk about everything, but I'll kind of bundle up a, a few things just uh, and get my thoughts on that. So uh, I will talk about like these five games and it'll be a little bit short, but I would recommend playing these five games if you have not checked them out yet. The, one, uh, the five games I've talked about that I played was The Artful Escape, Omno, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, The Gardens Between, and The Cub. These are all games you should check out. If you if you already did, great. You know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, definitely check them out. And I'll talk about a little bit on some of the games that um, I would like to shout out. So Omno, this is a game you should definitely check out. Um, a lot of people talked about this game in the Discord. Finally had a chance to play it. Funny enough, my wife's cousin was in town uh, during the Christmas break. And... You know, I knew he wanted to play. I knew he wanted to play a game, but he was just a shy bug. And he, he's young. You know, he's young. So I didn't want to give him, like, Call of Duty. Something M-rated, you know, where his mom his mom was in, in, in the same room with him while he was playing. I didn't want to give him a shooter game where he's killing people. So I said, well, he could play Omno. It's a puzzle game. I think he'd like it. And he was hella shy, dude. He did not want to play it, but eventually he uh, picked it up, played it, and he nearly beat the game. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're not a gamer, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just shy. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can tell, I can tell who gamers are, man. I knew you wanted to play the damn game. Just be upfront about it. Absolutely. Don't um, be, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Exactly. Omnos um, a cool game. Um, there were some challenging puzzles in there, and I was quite surprised that he was able to get as far as he did in the game at the time. Uh, the other one is Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. This is the game I wanted to check out because uh, the Portland Kevin talked about this game on his show the playstation plus uh, game club which i had a chance to play i was really blown away by how much i enjoyed this game this was, was a pretty cool game yeah if you haven't checked out the episode check it out i think it kind of gave me a little bit of an idea of what i was getting into with this game but overall great experience there's going to be a remake on this game coming out soon so if you want a little bit of better graphics um, i would probably wait for that 
um, when that remake comes out, or you can check it out on the PlayStation Plus Extra. Uh, the other game is The Gardens Between. This is a pretty cool indie. I liked it. Very cool story. I I really like the ending. I, I think all of us as grown-ups or wherever you are in the spectrum, I think all, <laughs> all of us can relate to the story for this game, which is pretty cool. And The Cub. Gotta shout that out. This game just came out. I think there's only like just under 100 owners. Uh, we gotta get that number up, man. That This game is pretty cool. Yeah, I get that number up. Is it really? And this is the one that you were number 12 to get the platinum in, right? I think you talked about that last episode. Yeah, you know, so it's still fairly new. So that's probably what it is. A lot of people have not heard about this game. Uh, but if you get the chance, pick it up. It. I don't think it's that expensive. I think it was like 15 bucks. I picked it up for for sale on like 10 bucks, I think. But it's a pretty cool game. Three to four hour experience. Totally worth your money. Ooh, and nice. um yeah those those are the five indies i've been playing so hopefully you have played it if not check them out and next i'll talk about some bigger triple a games so i i cleaned up the dark pictures anthology house of ashes uh this was a really strong entry in that series and it's kind of making me think i should go back and play the other ones i know this is the one that people enjoyed the most and the trophy the trophy home wasn't too bad it was pretty chill um I compare this to the quarry, you know, it's not part of the anthology, but the trophy list is quite similar. And I had a fairly easier time with this trophy hunt compared to the quarry. And then, you know, I've talked about that a ton of times where, you know, I spend way too much time on the quarry when I could have had probably like cut that trophy hunt time in half, possibly if I had just stuck with a guide. But yeah, uh, House of Ashes, so I really like. It's so unappealing to do that, though, for these games, right? To use a guide. It just doesn't seem fun. It, it is. It's not too bad after your first playthrough. I think once you kind of get the, the, the story down and what's happening, it, it doesn't really matter afterwards. I, I think, I, I know what you're saying. Like, trying to follow a guide to accomplish everything is, is pretty tedious, you know? Like, yeah. you have to make important decisions. And you know, a lot of these games, there's, like, not really chapter select. I this was the one game that had a chapter select. The Quarry didn't, and Until Dawn didn't have a chapter select either, right. if I remember correctly. I think that's true, um, at least on your first playthrough. You had to, like, yeah, well, either way. I, I, I agree with you, though. That's kind of what I meant. Like, I wouldn't sacrifice my first blind playthrough, and, you know, because that's so fun. But once, if you do it that way, the trophy cleanup becomes a lot harder. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. A, a great game. I really had a good time with this one. Uh, so I'm really interested in seeing how the other games are. The the Devil and Me, A Little Hope, and um, The Man of Medan. I really want to check those games out now. Which I believe Man of Medan and Little Hope are on Extra. I don't think Devil and Me is out. They are? Nice. Sorry? Yeah, they are. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll put The Devil and Me in there soon. Uh, we'll see. But uh, let's see. So, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Slugger super happy here. So I've actually kind of put some time into Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah. Uh, I I I held I held up my end. You know, I really wanted to play this game, and then like not long after, I I kind of put that out there. I played uh, Kiwami. I did kind of fall off because I'm playing a different game, but I'm hoping to come back to Kiwami. But dude, that game is it is interesting. 
<laughs> it oh, is, no. right? It's, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it, it is. Um, you know, every time I play the game, I'm super excited. The game has been fun. I haven't really had any, like, negative things about it. I think the thing that's really just kind of brought me more into the game is the actual... Uh, the actual landscape of everything. It's so cool to walk down like the streets and just know that I've actually walked in those kind of streets before. And like, this is cool because I will often bug my wife like, hey, you look, you remember this in Japan? Like, this is so cool. Like, it's been more of like a walk down memory lane, literally, because like, it's cool that I actually experienced this. So the game's really resonating with me. And like, one of the stores, the Don Quixote, which is like the discount store out there, we actually went to one of those, like the same, the same name and everything. And That's like awesome. the whole, like, you know, advertisement board outside of it, it was exactly how it was in the game. So it was really cool to like, hey, like, we, babe, like, you remember the Don Quixote we went to? Dude, it's like, so, like, like a freaking circus. Like the whole store is crazy. There's That's people awesome. in there, like... It's, it's wild. I was really blown away by that being in the game. Uh, so I've kind of just been lost and just like running down the streets and kind of just like admiring everything. But the game overall is pretty cool. I think I'm on chapter three. And dude, some of these characters in me are so <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> um, you know, like the, the, one, the one guy you fight, the Shimano dude, who has like that weird penis looking face and with the hairy eyebrows so i'm like dude I, I can't take this guy seriously he's so massive but the face is just like oh god it's such funny it's such a funny moment in the game um let's see slugger so you are a yakuza specialist on the show you know i gotta yep. i gotta ask you so i i think i came across one of the mini games or side missions I want to see if you can recall this one because I think this is one you may remember if I kind of give you the trophy description of it. I'll try. So there's so many. <laughs> I know, I know. There's a ton, but uh, so for this specific trophy, you have to had completed the price of an F cup mission. You recall this one or what it entails? Mm, no. Okay, this was like my first experience was like how bizarre this game can get. Was it a so side like mission you or a mini cry? game? It's a side mission. Okay. I don't think it was a mini game. It's a side mission. But you run across this woman who's in like this situation with this guy. Who, you know, he's trying to get some. But the girl's like, oh, get away from me. You're a creep. <laughs> and then the girl wants to repay you by taking you out for a drink. And then you... you you start having this conversation. This woman's trying to get with you, and you're kind of like, you can take the drink, or you can just like, oh no, I'm good, I'm not drinking. But then, like in the conversation, you begin to notice that there's something up with your drink because the first drink that came out, they both looked the same, and then the second round that came out, your drink's a little lighter. So that right away made me think, okay, something's up with my drink. They might have spiked it. And then towards the end, you find out that it's a scam. The the girl that you're with, the guy that she was supposedly running away from, and then the bartender were all in on the scam. And then you have to like beat the crap out of like the bartender and all the people that were in on it. But it, it was a very bizarre mission. I, I was like, wow, this game, I haven't even done much in this game, but this game's kind of crazy already. Yeah, it is. I'm playing Kiwami 2. I didn't mention it, obviously, because it's on the Xbox side, but I'm on chapter 13 over there. 
I have like 20 hours into it or something. It's so fun. And I treat it a lot like you as like kind of a virtual tourism almost. I just enjoy walking around, like just peeking into a shop. I'm going to go do this little mini game. I'm going to go here and eat some food, fight some people on the street. <laughs> Maybe I'll go do a main story mission. Like it's very relaxed when I'm going through it. So I'm glad you're playing. Dude, it, I man. never get, I never get anything done in the Yakuza games because that happens. Even right. after like <laughs> hundreds of hours across all the games, I'll still just like, it's like, oh, I'm going to hop on and play Yakuza uh, Infinite Wealth tonight, which I'll talk about in mine. And it's like, I end up on a fucking Segway zooming around the city, like checking out shops. Oh, this guy wants to talk to me. Oh, there's a dude over here who wants to like sell me something. And I don't know. It's so easy to just kind of get caught up and completely like ignore the main story and everything else happening in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, but they're very engrossing. So I do think I don't know. It's it's a tough game to talk about. It's not one I would recommend to all my friends who play games, but I find them the ones I've played at least like super interesting. It's great. Good pick. There, it's girl. been fun. Yeah, it's been fun because, you know, like the cool thing about like you and I Colin, is that we go to work and we know like the video games that we're playing so it's kind of like we take our video games to work with us so like you know i'm having like a casual conversation with somebody and i see colin like walking towards the warehouse and then out of nowhere he knows i'm playing yakuza because he stalks my profile all the time he's That's like right. oh you're playing yakuza well, what's up with all these <laughs> indies you're playing I'm like, bro, get off my back bro <laughs> <laughs> But like out of nowhere, Colin's like, Kirio Chan. Fight <laughs> <laughs> mode. Let's go. Yeah. Kirio Chan. <laughs> yeah, he was doing that for like two days straight. And then I, I eventually fell into it. Like on my way out, I seen Colin on the phone. I'm like, Kirio Chan. I'm just driving out of the work. <laughs> exactly. That was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I haven't really played played much or played this game much. I'm hoping to go back because I'm actually I am playing the game that you recommended for me, Slugger. Um, when we were talking about games we haven't completed, I am in the middle of playing Dead Space remake. Let's go! Uh, so I've been making some pretty good progress on it. I am actually at fifty fifty six percent now. I am no longer that lowly one percent. I have made some serious progress with it like more than halfway through my impossible run there's 12 chapters total and i'm almost done with chapter nine so i'm almost there i am almost there it is not that difficult it i mean it is challenging but it is totally doable you know just there's a lot of guides out there that can help you out with that that run but it's not as bad as i thought it'd be so uh, almost done dude it, once i get through impossible run you know it's the the platinum's basically mine. I just have to do a bunch of like miscellaneous stuff, but that will be the toughest part of the the platinum hunt is getting that impossible run, which I'm pretty close to completing. Yeah. So hopefully by the end of the week I can have it. That's so sick, man. Doing the recommendation, I just want to add real quick. I downloaded Ghost of Tsushima the other day, and that's going to be the game after Returnal. So. I'm doing one of the ones that was prescribed to me as well, right? We got those games that we, we told each other we had to do this year. We're getting after it. I haven't started anything you guys have 
given me so well you don't have to uh, i'm just i'm just trying to get it done early because i know there's <laughs> games coming later in the year that i'm like gonna be really excited to get to so i don't want to have to be like oh i really want to play like black myth wukong but i haven't played days gone and ghost of tsushima and those are like 80 hour trophy hunts you know yeah yeah i felt like it was a good a good game to start considering that i put like five indie games and a cleanup game before starting up dead space um it was tough it was like dead space or yakuza but i was really getting into dead space so um, yeah that's kind of like where i spend most of my time so that's pretty much it for me i've been playing a lot uh, i've been having uh some good games to, to keep me busy for a bit hell yeah dude i've been like playing like long hours on a few select titles i feel like you've done kind of the opposite did like a a bunch of, well except for dead space and stuff but you did a lot of littler games which was cool and even the little bit of yakuza you did is still progress right because you had started it before so it's still somewhat contributing to your mm-hmm. completion percentage and all that kind of stuff so even if you drop off of yeah. it again at least you got a little further this time mm-hmm. hell yeah nice man all right love it love it let's go to you slugger what have you been jamming on recently besides foam mm. stars the new pro scene the new pro foam stars player over here i love you know, watching gonna... that dude you were like the first post was like i can't get any of these fucking trophies <laughs> and then like an hour later i looked and it was like i already have eight of the ten <laughs> trophies <Yeah>. done <laughs> so easy i am gonna talk about that um you know i'll hit it now foam stars i don't know why i started this i like you have an addiction I do have an addiction to those Sony I saw, multiplayer games. <laughs> I saw something uh, on Reddit where I don't know someone like posted like, "Oh, I played Foam Stars. It's actually good." And all the comments were like, "Yeah, I'm actually surprised by how much fun I'm having. Like, this is a blast." Yada yada yada. I, it's probably guerrilla marketing, um, and I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. But it's I played all last night. Started at nine, ended around midnight, so I put about three hours into it. It's actually not that bad, but I don't think it has the legs at all to like. I don't know what this is supposed to be. I don't know if it's supposed to be a live service game because I think they're actually selling it. We got it free through the subscription, but you can't just like go and download it for free. Like you have, I think it's like twenty or thirty bucks. Okay, um, at least it's not seventy. It seems content yeah. light for seventy. Yeah, there is a battle pass, but yeah, the content is very, very light. After three hours, I had kind of, I i hate saying this, I'd kind of seen it all, or at least what's available by now. I was replaying the same levels over and over. There's only three game modes in the game right now, and two of them rotate every hour. So one of them is always there as the main game mode. And then the other two rotate every hour. So you don't even have access to all three game modes at any given time. There is supposed to be a ranked mode coming soon. That trophy is actually at 0% because you have to win a ranked match. Oh, so it's not available yet. I was wondering that when I was looking at the stats. So Yeah, so rank's not available yet. There's a, there is like a story mode. It's super weak. Um, you're essentially just doing a horde wave base type mode with some voiceover the action as you're fighting so there's really nothing special there i don't want to be too negative on it though let me go back to the multiplayer i i was expecting splatoon it's kind of similar in the sense that the arena is getting flooded with color and liquid that you're spraying everywhere right um 
but from my understanding, Turf War is kind of like the main game mode in Splatoon. That's all I've ever played in Splatoon was Turf War, where it's just like, hey, you got to paint the most color and you have to control the map. And I think you can like knock out opponents in Splatoon, but that's not like the main goal. If you knock out an opponent, like that's just let one less person painting for a short period of time. In this game, it's much more like knockout focus. So the first game mode uh, is called Smash the Star. It's your it's similar to your typical team death match mode. It's four v four. Each team has eight lives, and similar to Last of Us factions, everyone the entire team shares that uh, life pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once eight deaths happen, the person on that team that lost all their lives. Um, like the the MVP of the team, the highest performing person is marked as the star player. And the other team has to eliminate the star player. If they don't eliminate the star player, the other three players on that team will continue respawning over and over and over. Every match I played in that mode all came down to like both teams having the star player. And it was just, you know, it was kind of a push and pull and, uh, you know, the other team has two guys down. Let's make a push for the star player. Uh, oh, shit, their whole team's up, and I'm the star player, and I have one other guy on my team alive. I got to retreat. So it's it's knowing when to push and when to kind of back out and let your guys spawn in. It's okay. It wasn't my favorite game mode. The next game mode was Rubber Duck Party, and <laughs> this game mode is very similar to like the Team Fortress 2 or Overwatch mode where you have to like escort a cart or a vehicle or a robot like forward. So it's kind of like a moving domination point. If your team is in the vicinity of this rubber ducky thing, it it will move towards the enemy base. And once it gets into the enemy base, you win. Okay. Yeah, um, there's a, yeah that Overwatch mode, very much similar to that. That's right. Yeah, the, the foam aspect that comes into play with this mode is the duck moves much, much faster. If you control like the path that it's on, like okay. if your, if your team's foam is on its path, it'll move much faster. So the other team can either like try and fight you off and just kill you. If you're controlling the duck or maybe they can't get a shot on you, but it's like, Oh, let's at least slow down the duck. They can like start spraying their foam all in front of the duck and at least like, kind of stall the duck until they can make a good push on you to mm-hmm. uh knock you out are there uh, different classes of enemies or is it or sorry of like characters or is it just yeah the only difference is the aesthetic or do you play N- like a heavy medium light kind of thing no this is where i'm not really feeling it either it's very much overwatch style there's eight different characters in the game at this moment one of those characters is locked behind a paid battle pass which i think is lame and each character has two unique abilities and a unique weapon. Um, so the girl I like reminds me of uh, who's a super fast girl from Overwatch. Tracer. Tracer. The girl I had the most success with in Foam Star so far is very similar to Tracer. She's she's quick. She's got like dual SMGs that everyone shoots foam or bubbles or some variation of liquid. And she shoots these MG, SMGs that shoot out like super fast bubbles. But then all of her her two abilities, one of them is like a very strong grenade, kind of like Tracer's sticky grenade or like her, you know, her super bomb. Yeah. And then her other ability 
like you hit it and you do a backflip or you can flip to the left or the right. And as you're flipping, it's spraying bubbles, like a massive wave of bubbles that follows the path that you're flipping. I don't know if I'm explaining that the right way. I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. But every, every character has their own abilities. So there's definitely some skill or like strategy to like, oh, we need a support person yeah, and we need some team composition going on. Yeah. We need someone to kind of control the field. Like, some of the players, some of the heroes are really good at like laying foam down on the field. But if that foam's hitting the enemy, it's not doing the best damage. I see. Um, some other aspects of the foam on the field, before I forget, um, it's even though it's not how you win the game, it definitely helps if your team's controlling the field with foam. Because if you end up walking in the opposing player or the opposing teams like foam, it's like you're walking in like sludge. Like your person, your player immediately like goes to a crawl. You can barely move. You can't even like really jump away from it. So like if you get stuck in the other team's foam, you kind of have to either spray your way out of it or just stand there and fight because you're just going to get lit up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's what's the time to kill for the game? Is it like shieldy? Is it, you know, you Uh, you can get away or it's like I'm in an encounter. One of us is going to for sure die, like no matter what. No, you can definitely unless you're like get caught up with like a two V one or three V one, um, you can get away from most one V one fights if you're not in a bad like situation. Okay. I would say it's a pretty decent time to kill. I, again, I'm going to say similar to overwatch. Like yeah. there's no shields or anything, but like, I don't know, maybe a dude bum rushes you and he's high above you and you just have bad advantage. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to back out and maybe try and, either just disengage from this fight or uh, try and get a better angle on them. Like you'll have time to do that and kind of turn that fight around onto the enemy. It, it's, um, the game is giving me really big, like arcade Geddon or more specifically, it really reminds me of knockout city in a lot of 100%. ways where it's like, yeah. not only from an aesthetic standpoint, but from the sense of there's a good gameplay system and loop here, it sounds like, but it is, it just doesn't feel like it's going to, like take off like and there's not enough content there initially to really make it a thing does that make sense like i don't know if that i haven't played it yeah. obviously but that's how it seems to me from the outside i agree i think i think the lack of content is what's going to kill this um because i mentioned the three modes i didn't talk about the third one uh i'll hit that super fast third one is 4v4 um two players on each team are in the arena two players on each team are outside of the arena and the team, the teammates on the outside of the arena just kind of fire down support abilities. Like they'll get unique abilities. They can, you can still damage the opponents if you're outside the arena, but you do like next to nothing. It's really the 2v2 happening in the arena. But that one's a little interesting. Where I wanted to go with that though, content wise, like I said, two of those three game modes are active at any given time. And I've only seen two or three maps per game mode. Like, there's not a ton of maps. There's not a ton of characters. I mean, there's eight characters you can pick from, and one of those is already locked behind a paid battle pass. Right. Thank God they didn't have a trophy for that. Unlock all characters or something. Yeah. Right? The squad missions, which I didn't hit, that's like a PvE mode. Again, horde, wave-based mode. I've only seen, like, two map designs for that, and it's extremely, extremely basic. Like, if I remember right with, like, the Gears of War horde mode... If you had to defend a point, 
there was like lanes you had to defend and the enemy spawned in different directions. No, this these arenas in this horde mode, it's just a big square. Okay. And you're on one side of the square and enemies spawn on the other side of the square and they're just trying to get to this generator that's behind you. <laughs> so uh, there's yeah. no way you can like try and like set up defenses or like it's strictly just, hey, survive against the wave in mm. this very basic arena. So super. Um, I think there's something good here. But like you said, I think the lack of content is going to kill it. So we'll see. Nice. I actually talked about this way longer than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's a newer, it's in like newer release. I think, you know, we post about it and talked about it a little bit in the discord yesterday among the community. I think, yeah, people are curious about it. Uh, luckily, unlike knockout city and some of the other games that have come out like this more recently, it doesn't seem to have glitch trophies, right? There's already people that are level 25, which is the max level and the only gold trophy in the list. You said ranked yeah. is locked. That is, you know, it'll come out at some point and you just need to win once. There could yep. be something where maybe you have to be a certain level to play ranked, in which case, you know, you'd have to grind for those levels anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So all in all, I think the list is fine. It's almost like if you if the game gets too big and gets more content, it's from a trophy standpoint, might be a little scarier. Like if there's a bunch of DLC packs or something, who knows? I, I, it no, seems I like it seems like a very basic trophy list, and I just am curious if that's because if it picks up, they're going to do DLC for it or something. Yeah, I think super super easy trophy list. The only one I'm very concerned about is clear squad mission on hard. I just randomly jumped into a hard mission because I wanted to see what it was like um, to kind of cap the night off. It's super tough. You have to survive ten waves. Our team. Our team's generator was probably at like 10% health by the end of the first wave. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, yeah, this is either this is going to take some practice. But what I found out is you earn this currency where you can go and upgrade like your passive stats um, in between or like outside of this horde mode. I didn't realize that whole menu even existed, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so, that's what I was reading is you just need to upgrade after a few hours of playing on the normal difficulty so it, it will be yeah. a little grindy but like whatever you know you never have to touch that mode again <laughs> yeah exactly so um so i would say if you're interested in it it's it's not terrible it is content light but it it the reason i want to check it out it's a super easy trophy list and it was kind of getting clowned on quite a bit shit i was even clowning on it and then i thought you know what i sit here and talk shit about a lot of games i've never even played like i should at least check it out before i like completely write it off mm-hmm Especially with it having an easy trophy list. And yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, don't think I would recommend it, but I don't know. You guys have heard me talk about it, so you make your own decision there. Yeah. Well said. And then, uh, I won't hit Call of Duties again. You kind of knock those out. Yeah, I just, um, real briefly, I'm sorry to hear about your solo experience in Zombies. We were in oh par- we party chat when that was happening, and... I rage quit. <laughs> guys, let me tell you, it was a hilarious experience, because it went from... Like being okay, this game mode's growing on me. When we did a, a, a round co op, you're like, okay, I can kind of see it. This is growing on me a little bit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is good. This is good, right? And then you do the solo one, and you're like, fuck this game. I'm never playing this solo again. Like, <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, bro, I've been playing solo for 20 hours. You know, like I, that's the, yeah. the predominant experience. <laughs> so you tell me you've been doing solo. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to start grinding this on my free time and start like going into a match maybe like once a night and just kind of like chip away at these trophies. I mean, you were in there. You heard it all. But for like the for the community, you have to exfil 
and exfils like where you can exfil seem to happen randomly around the map. I'm sure there's set points, but they're available randomly. Yes, at different points in the game, different ones become available based on the timers. And every time me and Colin were in co-op, we always exfilled or like started heading to an exfil around like I don't know, 8 to 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, I I didn't make the connection that we were in co-op." And that was like enough time. When I went solo, eight to ten minutes i i'm like all right this is about normally when colin's telling me hey slugger we gotta wrap this shit up in xfil <laughs> so eight to ten minutes hits and i open the map and i'm like i don't see an xfil area anywhere there's no xfil active and the only like couple xfils i see are in like the threat level two and the threat level three areas which i am not geared for <laughs> and um finally i see an xfil on the opposite side of the map right and i was like there's no way I'm going to make it over there. I got eight minutes to go. And I, I did my best. I like, you know, found a vehicle and I got halfway there. And my car blew up. And <laughs> then I, I don't know all this. It was just bad thing after bad thing happening. And then I died. And like Colin said, anything and everything you bring into the match or collect in the match, you lose. And I had like, I had a schematic I was going to bring out so I could craft stuff prior to matches. Uh, I had guns I was happy with or I was happy with a couple items. I lost it all. I was like, you know what? Yeah, all the the shit. Armor plating. There's yeah, there's like bunches. There's like a surprising amount of gear in that game. Yeah, it's essentially if you know what extraction shooters are, it's very similar to like like Tarkov or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, jamming on Call of Duty and then save the best for last. Infinite wealth. We're all gonna talk Yakuza tonight. Let's see. I reviewed this trophy list, so I'm not gonna dive into the trophies too much. I'll just kind of give my initial thoughts. I am loving it. I think my initial thoughts are I think seven so far had the better story, but like the gameplay and everything else is much, much better in Infinite Wealth than it was in seven. And man, this is going to be a long game. I know the the platinum time is like somewhere upwards of like 80 or 90 hours, but I it's like what Daryl and Colin were talking about, where you can just get lost. I remember being like four or five hours in and I was still on chapter one. And I'm like, what what is happening? Why? Like, why is this game taking so long to like take off? It's mm-hmm. because my dumb ass is running around the city like, oh, there's a little shiny object in that bush. I'm going to pick it up. Oh, I picked up an herb. Oh, there's a little suitcase over there. I'm going to pick that up. Oh, I got like a Benko box. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Just exploring like, oh, every uh, nook and cranny. I'm going in all the shops, right? I'm trying yeah. out all the little activity, at least for the first few chapters when you're getting used to everything. It's like, oh, there's a sex shop over here. I can buy a giant dildo bat as a weapon, which is, I'm not even making that up. No, that's, um, that checks with what I've seen so far in Kiwami too. <laughs> <laughs> so just really, like, if you're if you're down for a long, long experience, this, this is going to be a good one. But, I mean, it's typical Yakuza like style game the combat is mixed up a little bit from seven if you've played seven you would know that it's very similar to like persona when i say that i mean like the style uh of like the ui and the way the combat handles is it is a turn-based rpg at its core but um the turn-based i don't know just the style of it reminds me of persona i don't really know how to describe that this one how they change it up Reminds me of Marvel Midnight Suns. Not as tactical, but like 
positioning when you're attacking enemies matters so much more. In the past game, you just pick an enemy, you attack him, it does damage to that enemy. In this game, you attack an enemy and you'll get little arrows and it'll say like, this enemy is going to get knocked in this direction. And you can kind of set these enemies up like billiard balls or yeah. And like, Hey, I'm going to hit this enemy and he's going to knock into that enemy behind him. And that guy may crash into this other guy. And there's some like awesome moments where I've taken out like four or five guys by just attacking one enemy because they were all, you know, the group of guys was bunched up behind the one guy I was attacking. Right. No, I get um, Yeah, yeah. I kind of even do that in Kiwami where I grab a guy and I'll throw him into like three other dudes. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. Use him like a little bowling ball or whatever. Good shit. Uh, so that's kind of combat. Good, really good. It's like, oh, it is active turn based as well. So if you've played Paper Mario or games uh, similar to that, it's it. a when you attack, if you hit the bump, like a, a sorry, a button prompt will pop up. If you hit that button prompt at the right time, you do bonus damage. Uh, if you're getting attacked, you can press circle. If you time the circle press, as soon as the enemy's hitting you, you'll take reduced damage. I personally really like that. Um, I think it makes the turn-based genre a little bit more engaging. Yes, um, I agree. So I thought you yeah. meant active time battle like FF7. Sorry, no, I, did, no, no, I, no. I misunderstood because I actually really like this, the mechanic you described when I played uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga had that. Yeah, just like that. Yep. Because uh, each, all the different attacks have like di- different button prompts too. Like you may have a super fast attack where you got to hit triangle like three times in fast succession, where another one you may have to like mash square super fast to do more damage. So it, you kind of learn too. It's like you get, you start to learn the characters and you learn their abilities and you know what button prompts are going to come up for what ability. I really like that. That's kind of the combat of the game. The actual exploration and everything there is to do in the game is honestly a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. It's, but in in the best way possible. Like, there's times where that type of stuff stresses me out. This doesn't stress me out. If anything, it's like exciting for me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, talked if the content is good, then yeah. You know, if it's filler activities, it's like, oh, that's daunting. But if it's like yeah. all this stuff is really well made and fun, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, like in, when I did the trophy list review, we were talking about like the Sujimon stuff. That's almost it's it, it could potentially be its own game in this. I mean, it really it's a Pokemon ripoff. Um but they definitely combined Pokemon and Pokemon Go and threw it into this game because as you're running around the city, uh, you can come across Sujimon raid battles and you can like sprinkle essence at the raid area to cause a rare like Sujimon to spawn. There's Sujimon stops, which are, I don't know, it just reminds me like I'm playing Pokemon Go in a video game. Yeah. And then there's like trainers in quotations out in the wild where you can go and battle your Sujimon with other Sujimon. I don't know if I've said, I think I said this before. The Sujimon are literally just like bad guys in the game. Um, yeah, you, you like, said that in the review, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm recruiting like a dude who has a pizza, like a big fat American looking dude. And he has like a large pizza as a shield and a two liter of Coke as a, like a blunt weapon in like, I forget what his name was, but it, I don't know. It was something funny like fat burger or I don't know. But 
just kind of shit like that. Like I'm ca- literally capturing humans or like enticing these humans to join my team as if they're Pokemon and then putting them to fight for me. That's one of the mini games. Uh, I mean, there's a ton more. The other big one that I'm going to kind of hit on is the Animal Crossing one. Uh, what is that called? It's going to draw me nuts. Dundako Island. I got sent there after one of the main story missions. They kind of force you to go there and it teaches you all about the island. It really is just Animal Crossing. Um, That's fantastic. You're, I love, I love they that. give you, yeah, you have your bat and you're whacking trees and rocks and you're in garbage and you're taking all of that supplies and you're building furniture to place around the island and, and in your home. As you place more furniture in your island, your island gets a higher star rating. More guests will want to show up to your island. Um, in Yakuza fashion, which is dope, the more you improve your island and the more guests like visit your island, it gives you money that you can take back to the main game. And that's kind of almost turns into like a main source of income, similar to like the business minigame in Yakuza Zero mm. or the hostess minigame. Yeah. Like it's just arguably probably the easiest way to earn money. That's, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's like the Cabaret Club in Kiwami 2, I think. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, Outside I'm, I'm the... really excited for this game, dude. I, I'm so hyped for you that this is out and that you're, yeah. you're digging it. It sound, It just, when I listen to, and I recommend people listen to the Summon Sign episode on this, or is it Summoning or something? I don't know. The LSM podcast, it's like the gaming conversational one. They have Gene Park and Cog on with Brad to talk about this game for about an hour. And it was so cool to listen to. I was so excited to play this game at some point. Once I listened to that, really great stuff. It's dope. Uh, honestly, I think Seven is just as good. I don't like I said. I don't think it's as good. I think this improves from a game gameplay standpoint. Improves on Seven in just about every way. But Seven is still amazing. Let's say I mean I'm probably leaving out like twenty other like actual mini games that you can play. There's tons of side stuff you can do. I hit some of it. <laughs> One of them is like, oh yeah, it's. Is Pokemon Snap the photo game, right? Correct. Yeah. There's a, a game, a mini game in this mode. I swear they just went full on like, we're going to steal Pokemon shit. It's called Sicko Snap. And you hop in a trolley and you're taking specific routes around the city. And there's these dudes that are in like uh, Speedo bathing suits. And they're super buff dudes in Speedos. And they have these butterfly like uh, masquerade mask on. And they're just sitting there, like, with their hands on top of their head, just air humping. <laughs> like, oh my God. They're, hidden, they're hidden in stores. They're hidden on top of buildings. They're hidden, like, hanging from uh, streetlights. And, like, they're just hidden in, like, the most zany ways. Sometimes they fly by really fast on a skateboard. But it's like Pokemon Snap, where you're going through the city, and you're sitting there with a camera, and you got to take pictures of these dudes and like the closer they are to the center of the picture like the more score you get uh just I don't know, it's hilarious the whole game is hilarious there's just so much zany shit like how did they even come up with this yeah I'm, absolute I'm legends thinking, <laughs> yeah i'm thinking it i'm thinking that every five minutes like whether it's side missions or mini games or sometimes even the main story i'm like where did they even think of this like yeah it's it's gone off the rails in the best way possible <laughs> that's amazing dude i love it i love it I love yeah. that we're all playing Yakuza. I, I hope to continue it on the on the Xbox side. 
I just last week I only got to play it one day. I lost. I didn't even talk about it at the top. I I didn't have power the last two days. I just got it back yesterday evening because of the bad storms in California. So my gaming time's been thrown off, and then I'm going out of town this weekend. So this week is not making a whole lot of progress for me, which is I think why the collectibles in Returnal are even more frustrating because it's like I only had four or five hours to play games this week, and when I don't get any trophies because of RNG collectibles, it's like fuck you. <laughs> you yeah, know? but it's not. Yeah. It's a me problem. So nice, man. All right. Well, very good. I don't want. I didn't mean to cut you off if you weren't done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm pretty much done. Honestly, this game's so long. I'll probably still be talking about it on the next one. So I'll. I'll talk more on the story once I actually finish the story on yeah, the, the next what we've been playing. And just real quick, this number seven is on sale right now. Uh, like a dragon for eleven ninety nine. I know it was given away on oh plus apparently God. too, but like it's also really cheap. Right That's now, a steal. It was so tempting to get it. So tempting. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I think it goes until the 14th. So by the time you hear this, it's still be for a few days. You can get it for really cheap. And Yakuza 0 is also on sale for like $4.99 right now. So a couple in the franchise. That's such a steal for both those games. Both those... Sorry. No, go ahead. Both of those games are great entry points. 0 or 7. Yeah. Um, so highly recommend both of those. Yakuza is awesome. Check them out. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. and going to close up shop on episode 104. Real quick, before we go, I just wanted to remind everyone that we got some guests coming up. We're going to have Pat on really soon, probably for the next episode for 105. We're going to solidify that and uh, figure that out and get the time and, and date for recording all set up. We're also going to have Portland Kevin on in the near future as well and then we got a couple other guests down the pipeline i've been talking to uh including smackerly actually which i think will be a ton of fun if we can get him on uh, and and talk about his his content and everything which is uh bringing me to my next point i wanted to quickly shout out the content creators in the community so pat the trophy hunter his twitch pat the trophy hunter on twitch.tv you can check that out his youtube channel also the same name You've got Kevin with PlayStation Plus Game Club and his podcast and Discord, which you can go check out. Pat also has a Discord. Uh, you've got Green Gorilla Gamer with his streaming. He's pretty regular and consistent with. He posts about in the content channel. And then Smackerly uh, with his YouTube series, Platinum Achievements, and his uh, podcast, Tri-State Pop. Go and check those out as well. There's probably others I'm missing. I'm going to try to continue to shout out our community and what they're doing as well. So until next time, where can people find you at, Daryl? So you can find me on Discord, PSN Profiles, and on PlayStation at the Tall Small Guy. And you can check out our Twitter page as well at Trophy Talk Pod as well if you want to check out all our uh, Platinum posts out there. Mostly your indie games recently because my games are taking forever. But yes, check it out. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Slugger, what about you? Where should people find you at? Let's see, you can find me on PSN Profiles, Discord, PlayStation Native at SluggerJD. And on the Xbox side, which I'm leaning more into, didn't really talk about that, but you can find me on Xbox at SluggerJDD. Yes, sir. I saw you with your Power Wash Simulator 1000 Ooh, game yeah. score. Hell yeah, congrats on that. Pretty sick. You can find me on PlayStation Network, Discord, and Xbox at CK Present. Same thing for YouTube and Twitch, although I don't upload or stream very often at all. But you can check those out if you want. Got a lot of old videos there. And again, follow us at uh, Trophy Talk Pod if you want to see the Platinums that we're achieving more in real time as we post them. But of course, we'd love for you to join the Discord community as well. That's definitely the best place to interact with all of us. Thank you very much if you've gotten this far in the episode. Thank you for listening. 
We'll see you next time in episode 105 with Pat the Trophy Hunter, excuse me. Till next time, happy gaming, take care, and goodbye. Thank you.